Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ibra Guides. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're once again joined by Jack Lowry, a developer and investor, and we are talking about getting started in commercial property in 2022. Now, Jack is a developer we've been working with for a wee while, but he is also a prolific investor in commercial property. So what we're going to do today is wind back the clock, though, and say, well, Jack, if you were getting started today... How would you do it? So that we can all take away and say, well, if you're interested in commercial property in the coming year, how would you actually get started? But before we get into that, Jack, can you give us a sense of your commercial portfolio? How many properties you got? How many tenancies? What sort of commercial properties are you investing in? A lot of my properties are in title. So in total, in title, there's about 45 or 46 or something like that there. And then within them, including vacancies, there's... 55, 56 tenancies or something like that. 55 or 56 headaches, as I call it. Mostly in Christchurch? Mostly in Christchurch, yep. And then in terms of buildings and different types of tenants and bits and pieces, anything from retail to industrial, a lot of office. So we've got tenants anywhere from a hairdresser right up to, you know, listed big companies. So, Jack, if you're starting out today, 2021, going into 2022, how would you get started in commercial property today? What would your strategy be? What kind of properties would you be looking for? That kind of thing. Yeah, where I'm at is I'm into the add value stuff. So no different to residential, is it? You know, you've either got the guys who want to add value to properties and get that upfront capital gain, or you've got properties you just want to purchase and just Just sit sit there and get capital gain. So So, so it's no different. Just like Resi, a lot of our strategy is the easy buy and hold, but you essentially are Burr, the buy, renovate and hold for commercial property. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay. What sort of things are you doing to your commercial property? So you go buy one down the street and okay, it's not as nice, but you walk into it. What's your standard playbook for doing one up? Yeah, so essentially commercial property, the value is derived off the income that you can generate off it, so yes. the rent. So it's essentially trying to figure out ways to increase the rent on it. So it could be as simple as you buy an office, it's dated, it looks crappy, and you go in there and you renovate it and you look it really nice and all of a sudden, you know, it was $150 a square metre for that space and now it's $250 a square metre. Which is quite interesting because essentially you try and do the same thing with residential, but often by creating new income, you don't necessarily add the value in respect to the yield in residential properties. Say you put a, a cabin at the back and you change the one of the living areas into a smaller living area and a bedroom, you might get another $400 a week rent. That doesn't work out to be the equivalent in gains if you yield it up, whereas with commercial property, it absolutely is. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, depending on what cap rates you're working off, sort of like every dollar could be worth, you know, $15, $16 worth of value. Yeah. So you start getting quite creative on what you can do to get the income on a property. Like another one, for example, is you could buy a, a warehouse on a busy road and you could pull some of the walls out or the front off it, put some windows in, polish the floors and call it a showroom. Yeah. You know, and that warehouse that was $100 a square metre is now $200 a square metre. Yeah. And you've actually doubled the value of that property, yes. for example. 
And when you're talking about, say, increasing the rent by a dollar, let's say you increase the rent by $1,000 a year, you've yep. increased the value of the property by $16,000 in that instance That's because correct. of the cap rate of about, yep. what, 6 or 7%? Six, yeah, 5 to 7% or wherever you are in New Zealand just, could be a lot lower Just explain that. how cap rates work for any new listeners. So the cap rate or the capitalisation rate is essentially a figure that the market derives the yep. property's worth. So say, for example, if a property was worth a million dollars and it had a cap rate of 6%, it would be returning $60,000 a year. Yeah. So I guess going back to my question about what would you do if you're starting out and getting into this from next year in real time, I guess you'd do exactly what you're doing now. Your strategy would be the buy, add value, buy, increasing the income. That's what it would be. Remembering we're in Christchurch and there's hasn't really been for the last five or seven years a lot of growth. If I was in Tauranga or if I was in Auckland, I'd just go and buy You'd some be a industrial bit more lazy. Yeah. and I'd sit there and I'd do nothing and I'd go in two years' time – Look at me! Look at all this money yeah. I've made. Oh, yeah, 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 you know? yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That, that would be We'd my strategy. We'd see you in helicopters on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Now, digging into what you're talking about before in terms of adding value, you gave the example of taking a warehouse changing the frontage and calling it a showroom. Yeah. Is there a lot of increased value in taking one type of property, like a warehouse, and then turning it into something else? So let's say I got a warehouse and decided to turn it into really nice offices and made it a little bit, what's the word? I was going to say grungy, grungy chic or something. <laughs> what? A bit more boho. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boho. Is, is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what. The yeah, bo- let's run with that. I only know that because Candace said that the other day to me, and I said, what the hell does that mean? And she said bohemian. I'm like, okay. Oh, these young people these days, <laughs> shortening the words. Is that where there's a lot of opportunity, changing the use of a building, or is it just making it nicer? Definitely, yeah, but that's a little bit harder. And also, you need to be thinking about whether or not there's a good market for that right now. So taking an industrial unit and turning it into offices might not be the right move right now because there's a lot of office spaces around. Correct, yeah. So it's really just figuring out what the market wants, you know, and the market changes all the time. Sometimes people want office, sometimes people want industrial, things change. And also areas change as well. You know, an area that was an industrial area before might have a lot of residential built up around it. And all of a sudden that industrial thing, you know, you've seen it around like a good example of that, you know, Sydenham, you know, Eddington. Hey, all of a sudden there's a whole lot of people living around. Hey, let's put in a cafe there, yeah. a couple of shops, bits and pieces. Those people can afford to pay double, triple the rent right. as what the industrial person could have. What do you do when you're looking at doing your commercial stuff? What do you do to figure out what the market wants? Is it just you get a feeling in your stomach and you do it or are you doing something else to understand what the market wants from a commercial perspective? Yeah, it's just figuring out essentially what the tenants or what businesses are doing. So you'll normally know that because there'll be chatter around that, won't there? I mean, a really good example of that at the moment is retailers are moving to online. So what does that mean? Okay, so a retailer is now going to start selling a lot more stuff online. They're going to need to put the stuff somewhere, aren't they? So logistics and warehousing and that, all of a sudden, they're bursting at the seams because everybody's ordering their stuff online, NZ Post, couriers, all the rest of it. They need space. So there's something you can go straight away. Okay, if I can find some land and build an industrial building in a good location, you know, near busy roads or main arterials or whatever you want to call it, that's going to be a really successful place because... There's a demand for that. Whereas looking at a retail business at the moment with COVID and all the rest of it, is that that attractive to buy when that tenant's probably going to really struggle at the moment because people can't come in, should I say? So, 
And just picking up on the retail side, I'm sure if anybody driving around the likes of a Christchurch Central or even Auckland Central at the moment, there are a lot of vacancies and yes. quite yep. long-standing vacancies where yep. you walk past and you're like, that's been vacant for a year. You see it both in Auckland and Christchurch. So yes. that's possibly picking up where you're saying, okay, I'll pick that up. On the other trends that you're talking about, are you reading the likes of Bailey's Commercial, JLL or CBRE, a lot of those commercial organisations who are real estate agents on the commercial side are putting out a lot of that research and writing reports about it. Are you reading those to get a sense of it or is it the business circles that you're already involved in? Yeah, they do do those. I don't do that. Probably should now that you say that. <laughs> Thanks for that. Hot tip. But yeah, it's just talking to agents and just people out there in the market and just watching things, you know, oh, that lease, why didn't that lease? It's just learning essentially. Well, Jack's had a background in real estate, so he knows how real estate agents work, which is actually just leads on to my next question quite well. How do you find your commercial properties? Do you go through real estate agents or, or now that you're not part of that crew, do you shun them and do all your deals privately? The majority of it's, yeah, through agents. Commercial is a bit different because when you compare it to residential, there's so many transactions that happen with residential properties. Yes. Whereas with commercial property, I don't know what the figures are, but it feels like yep. to me like yep. it could be anywhere between 3 and 5% volume-wise. Ed, do you know the number? Oh, see, I only asked that because I know I didn't have the number, and normally he'd ask me if I know the number, having already prepared the number to make me look like a nunce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a far fewer transactions and it's very much a calculated method as opposed to an emotive one. And so I think people like to package it together, put it with a broker, a commercial broker and then get that top price. That's exactly right. And a lot of the commercial deals that are done, they don't actually go to the open market. Because there are such fewer buyers, the agents typically know who the buyers are for That's the property. Right. So yeah. they're like, hey... I've got this office block over here. It's vacant. We know it's going to be tough to sell. They'll call three or four of their ad value guys and say, here it is. Because yeah. they're going to put it on the market anyway. And we're all going to come along and say, you know, it's like, well, let's save all the rubbish. Let's just go to these guys and yeah. sell it to them. And there are properties that go to auction, absolutely. But again, it's not like someone's going to fall in love with it because they're going to be raising their kids there. They're doing exactly. this based on a return on investment. Yep. And that's the only thing that comes into it. You're not going to get 10 people in a room outbidding each other. And how much money do you actually need to get started in commercial property? The lending rates are basically forty percent deposit. So, so 40, same yeah. same as a existing rental property. Exactly. Now. Yeah, and then you know they might give you a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on the type of property it is. And a lot of the lending is determined on the lease, so how strong the lease is, right? So if Correct. you buy a property yep. that's vacant, yep. how do you structure your lending then? It's not very easy. Yep. So you need to have other existing security or cash flow basically yes. to support that. So. so, Or you could use like mezzanine finance for any new listeners where you go and borrow your 100% or your 80%, whatever it is, and then you add your value and then you lease it and bring it back to a bank or something That's like correct. that. Have you yep. used people like that? We haven't done that before because I'm a little bit more risk adverse, but yeah, you definitely can do that. A developer is risk adverse. I know. Few and Does far it. between. But exactly. Jack, if you were to go out, you don't own any commercial property anymore. How much should somebody spend in terms of the sticker price for the price that they're going to pay the person, including lending? What should they be looking to spend on a commercial property? What's commercial property cost is basically the question. Yeah. Well, that probably depends where you are in New Zealand. But if you looked at Christchurch, anything under a million is pretty scratchy. Yes. You know? So whereas in Auckland or Tauranga or something like that, there anything under three million probably gets you a car park. So, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. So, yeah, million to three million so, sort of the entry and point. And you need to have 40% of that. You need so to have 40%. Yeah. Yeah, okay, righty. So about 400 to 1.2 mil is what you need as a deposit. Correct. 
Yeah, okay. And somebody might secure that against their own home. Now, what's interesting, yeah. Andrew, I've got to pull you up on this because oh, Jack's no. just said 40% deposit, but in an episode maybe a week or two ago, Honestly, we said 50%. You sound like Lauren now. Just because I say something doesn't mean I'm going to remember it, Edward. No, but I just just to be clear for avid listeners who are going to text no, me and no, say, no, Ed, what no. is it? Is it 40 or is it well, 50? It's, it well, it's, it's 40 at the absolute most. Yes. But if you actually look at portfolios, it's around 50%. So the banks. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> that's your yeah. noise. Come on, do it for the listeners. Ah! This is what Ed does whenever whenever I get something wrong, and then he dances around saying he's Andrew Nichol. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is the podcast of truth, not the podium of truth. So I just want to make sure that we get that right. So forty percent at a minimum, but over a portfolio, your LVR might be fifty percent. Yeah, and if you are at that forty percent level, so you got sixty percent debt. The bank's going to be really aggressive on what they want in terms of debt repayment. Yes. So you might get 60% lending, but they're going to say, right, this thing's got a five-year lease. By yep. the end of the lease, we want this thing down to 30% debt, yes. and you're not yes. going to get any cash flow out of it, and they're just going to absolutely just hammer you with principal and interest. Yep. So in theory, yes, but in reality... 45 to 50%, so I'd have to side with Andrew on this. Now, just thank before... You, thank you, Jack. No, edit that out. Now, <laughs> now, just before we wrap up this episode, we said that you were taking a kind of Burr approach to this. So buy, renovate, rent out, refinance, and then repeat. I want to ask you about the refinance side. So if yep. I go and buy this commercial property, it's a million dollars, put down my 400K deposit, yep. so I'm using a 40% deposit. I then add my value to it, and it's now worth... 1.5 million. Yeah. I want to refinance against that property. So I want to borrow more against that property. Yeah. What are they going to let me borrow up to? Is it going to be up to 50% of the value or is it going to be 60% of It'll the value? It'll probably be 50%. But again, hopefully at that stage, particularly in Jack's model, he's getting a longer lease. So there might have been a short lease there or maybe a month by month. He locks a new tenant in or the same tenant in for a much longer lease, say 10 years, gets a better value, gets a stronger income, and then re- negotiates at 50%, would that be right? Yep, 50%. You might, again, take it to 60%. And another thing they want as well, so if you take aside the security, is they always want pretty black and white is at least two times interest cover. Yeah. Which is actually really good because when we lend on residential properties, who the hell knows yeah, absolutely. What, what you can actually lend on. So yeah, one absolutely. day it's this, one day it's that. We go to them and say, well, just tell us your rules yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll make we'll it work. Goals, you yeah. know? So at least with commercial, as I say, it's just two times interest cover. So if you're paying 4%, you basically need an 8% return to pull all your money out. And actually, can we ask, so you obviously deal with different banks. Who do you find uh, the most helpful when you're putting these kind of deals together at the moment? Got a good relationship with the BNZ and Kiwi Bank, but... I'd say that's just my relationship with the yeah. individual person. Yeah. If they went to ASB, I'd probably go to ASB. So it's, I don't think there's any If, you're, if you're listening, Vaughan Trotman, you can move now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's what I'd say. It's more about the person. And the thing is with commercial lending as well, this is a wee side topic, is there's a lot less rules like there are. Like with yes. residential, it's these are the rules, you fit the box or you don't. Commercial's so different. So they'll back the person, they'll look at the property and they'll yes. have policy. But quite often, a lot of the bankers have said to me, if we only wrote policy deals, we'd never do any deals. Yeah. So there's always scope for them to move in and out. Hey, has this guy had a track record? Yeah. Hey, he's done five over here. He's rented them out, repaired, rented, da-da-da-da-da. Right. We'll, 
we've all ended on that. Whereas if the next person turns up who's got no experience, hey, we don't want to know you. Which is basically banking of the old days. And Correct. actually, I, I say yep. Vaughan because Vaughan's my banker as well for some of the stuff. And and you know, back previously, it was the bank would look at an application and go, yeah, we know this guy, we trust him, they'd sign it off. Correct. Nowadays in Rezi, it's, yeah, we know that guy and let's just run it through the computer that's going to spit out a no. Yeah, and the guy who's done... 50 yeah. gets no, no advantage special over the person who hasn't done it before. Absolutely. Yep. And actually, in the next episode, we're going to cover the differences between commercial and residential. But I think what's quite useful here, Jack, is that you have outlined the process for trying to understand that market as you're talking about. And there are really four ways, just to summarise before we wrap up. The first is you talked about talking to agents to get a sense of the market. The second is to watch very closely the market about what has actually leased, what didn't, and comparing the two to understand what tenants are after. Of course, we talked about those wonderful reports from JLL and CBRE, and then also the anecdotal evidence from your business circle. So I suppose those are the four ways people listening to the show can actually get that sense of the market. Yep. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to check out that Next Steps video course to figure out your next step in property investment, then just go to nextstepsproperty.com or you can find it on the Opus Partners website. for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time, 